1: Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. What we're going to do here basically before I even say the quarterbacks, Kat, you're going to share with me the guys you have on your 53-man roster heading into the season and then I will kind of poke at it from there just so we're not just, you know, uh, playing pickleball and just tapping names back and forth trying to figure out what's happening.
0: Sure. And this is probably the easiest one. You've got two, uh, you've got Mike White and you've got Skylar Thompson. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I asked the question before the training camp started here to Twitter, you know, is Skylar Thompson a lock to make the roster? Not is he going to make the roster? Is he a lock? And about 75% said yes. 25% said, no, he's not a lock, but he's probably going to make the team. And, you know, now that Thompson has had presumably, according to reports, a really good camp, where, you know, he's looked better than Mike White most days, you've got to think he's that third guy, especially when you consider he started a playoff game for the Dolphins last year, and this regime thought enough of him to draft him. So I've got three guys there.
1: As many of you heard, they have adjusted some rules here, and we did a little research pre-show here, where you only can have, uh, if you have two quarterbacks active on game day, you can activate a third now, what that means here isn't necessary that you can now have a 54-man roster with a spot designated for that third quarterback. What it means is you need to have all three on the active 53-man roster, but instead of just 46 guys being active on game day, that number jumps up to 47 just for that quarterback spot. You can even say it goes up to 49 because I think you can activate two practice squad guys as well. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll actually refresh these details as we get closer to the season. Um, but I completely agree with you. When you look at back to last year, they also kept three quarterbacks. Uh, our opinion of Teddy Bridgewater has definitely changed a lot in a year, but I don't think Skylar Thompson has done anything in the 12 months uh, to make us say, you know, maybe that uh, roster spot can be used in uh, a different light at a different situation at a different opportunity, but, uh, I think there is an actual battle here for the QB 2 I'd love to get your thoughts. And again, if you're a quarterback too, the, the conversation is clear. You're not a starting quarterback, right? All these guys have their faults, but I'm in a camp where I genuinely think that Skylar Thompson, getting that start against the Jets, getting the start in the playoffs, I understand he didn't play well, but that experience, being in those situations, what that does to your nerves, what, calming your nerves as to your mentality and what your mentality does to your performance. I just think Skylar Thompson has a shot here to maybe push Mike White and be that quarterback too.
0: It's quite possible. It's far more likely he would be the quarterback to now be the quarterback too than be cut, which Mm -hmm. that was, I, if you had asked me before the year, I'd say he's more likely to be cut than to beat out Mike white. So he's going to make the roster, but yeah, you're right. uh, Jake, he got a lot of good experience. And I thought this, In August uh, one of two things would happen with Skylar Thompson either he is going to um, show that he has just completely maxed himself out and we need to find another developmental guy or he's going to come in and look like an improved player and it seems like so far the latter is the case
1: Moving ahead to running backs, Cat. Last year the Dolphins kept four on the roster: Salvan Ahmed, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert. Obviously, three of those guys ended on the roster that they traded for Jeff Wilson mid-season. Uh, what are you looking at at this position? Does it include Dalvin Cook?
0: You know, I don't have Dalvin Cook on there. It, it Me neither. Could very well be a Dolphin, but it's such a weird situation too because you'd think that either the Dolphins would be very interested or very not interested Mm -hmm. in Cook. Um, If you're, if he's asking for, I don't know, 8 million and you're willing to offer four, wouldn't you just cut Keon Crossan and get 3 million and then go sign him? Like that.
1: Absolutely.
0: That doesn't make sense. I mean, when you combine ESPN and PFF, you combine their, their positional rankings, which are based on metrics and, you know, GM coaches, everything blended together there. Delvin Cook is eighth on that list. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's a substantial upgrade. You think for a few million dollars, despite the running back position not being anyway, that's that's a whole different story. I've got um three running backs and a fullback making it. And it was tough Ooh. to cut both Miles Gaskin and um Ahmed. Ahmed. Um Ahmed has has busted some big runs here in, in training camp. And consensusly, the the opinion is that. Ahmed's going to be that fourth running back and he very well could be, but I think the Dolphins are going to try to keep both Ahmed and or Gaskin on the roster uh, and then situationally call them up uh, from the practice squad on game day to try to add a little bit new wrinkle to the
1: offense. I completely agree with that. I think Gaskin is kind of a lock for that. Um, Salvan Akbed I'm curious do you think he's someone that could be perched off a practice squad I think that's my only fear there and I kind of took the lazy route of they had four last year let's go with four this year um I, I just think his experience with McDaniel even before last season is uh something that's really playing in his favor here so I'll put him on the list but do you think he's someone I mean running backs are a dime a dozen I mean you can have different six round picks on draft guys come in and give you what you need for a couple of games is he someone that could be kind of uh, you know pulled away pretty quickly
0: You know, I think he's good enough to be the third running back on another team. Mm -hmm. But when I look around the league and look at depth charts, it seems like as far as second, third, fourth running backs and a lot of these teams, they're flush with running backs. Mm -hmm. You know, it only takes one to sign him, but, you know. I believe Savon Ahmed was, was he on the practice squad? Last, I know he's on the active, was he on the active roster all year? I was trying to remember.
1: Last um, year. Yeah. He was actually okay. made the original 53 man, man roster. It was a really weird situation with just kind of Mostert and Edmonds leading the way with, with Gaskins and Ahmed is like the reserves, the, the guys who are just already there.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And then, so Savon Ahmed, uh, last year, I, I know that he had just about what's 20 carries and a little over a hundred snaps for the dolphins, Um uh, on game day uh, throughout all of last year, miles Gaskin had fewer than that. He had under mm-hmm. hundred snaps for the year too. So yeah, I could see another team poaching Ahmed, um, which is why he may stick as the fourth running back. But uh, you know, I, I think when you look at how, like you said, diamond dozen running backs are around are the league, they'd be more wanting to keep another offensive lineman, defensive lineman or defensive back as opposed to a fourth running
1: back. I just want to give Miles Gaskin one quick shout out here. He's kind of like the gorilla group glue for this uh, running back room. No matter who gets hurt, whatever they need him to do, he can plas- pass block okay, he can receive okay, he can run the ball okay, which is kind of obviously you want to start, but just for the sake of someone you know is going to go out there and not make issues, when you consider the way this roster is built, you just need guys that are on the bottom of the depth chart who aren't going to kill you. Miles Gaskin can kind of be that guy when you absolutely need it. Obviously, I wouldn't trust him starting, but he is that type of player.
0: You know, I call him Aunt Sharon at Thanksgiving because I don't know why the hell you're here. Uh... (laughs) He's very
1: sound. He sticks to himself, does his job. He brings a nice casserole. He doesn't have too many drinks. It gets riled up and fights all the uncles. So, yeah, no, I I get that. I get that. You know,
0: but I tell you, I am surprised that because the best offer Miles Gaskin could get was one year, nine hundred and. $75,000, no money guaranteed, not $1 guaranteed, you know, you would think somebody first, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Gaskin fan if you can't tell, but you know, somebody who had, you know, in 2020 and 2021, had almost 2000 total yards in those two years, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't fetch a million dollars or you can't get a hundred thousand dollar guaranteed contract. That, that was a little bit surprising. Cause yeah, he, you're right. He can do a lot of different things he's a good he has he's shown the ability to be a good receiver um you know he's showed the ability to make those surprise plays you know that 55 yard touchdown catch from Fitzpatrick a couple years ago on Sunday night which is one of the plays of the year I mean he he shows the ability to do that from time to time and then a lot of other times it's just not there I think the uh, talent in the running back room has been significantly elevated and I think also Savon Ahmed has passed him um in the eyes of a lot of 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 Dolphins coaches.
1: He, Ahmed, just fits the scheme so much better. That wide zone, he, he just fits it, the speed, um, his vision. It just fits so well. Um, fullback, we don't have to talk much about this. Um, if this was a game of chess, Alec Ingold is really that queen on the chessboard, just someone who can do everything. They're going to move in all different tra- types of directions. And when you're playing in that 21 personnel, you just slide him in. You can run out of the week, run out of the eye formation, and all of a sudden you're facing these weak boxes because of Tyree kill Jalen Waddle, and you can just pound the rock. And that, as a result, we see Jeff Wilson almost average five yards a carry where he most are almost average five yards a carry. So that's why uh, you won't see this on a lot of teams, the fullback being this important, but it, you know, it's pretty straightforward with the Miami dolphins and Mike McDaniel, that he kind of helps thing uh, things move pretty smoothly.
0: Yeah. Other than Kyle juice, Jack for the 49ers, I don't see a better fullback in the NFL right now. A lot of teams don't use fullbacks. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, one thing I want to see the Dolphins do more on offense. Yeah, I I, obviously big plays in the name of the game with Hill and Waddle, but I'd like for them to take a little bit more of the underneath stuff this year and Alec Ingold, Durham, Smythe, Braxton Berrios. Some of these underneath options have to be part of that. It can't just be bombs away or slant play on every, every play like we saw too often last year.
1: That's a great way to lead into tight end. And you talk about going underneath Mike is had over 50 targets in this offense. He was not an underneath receiver. You know, if he's catching a ball underneath, you'd hope that he could run away from a linebacker or you hope he's strong enough to kind of stiff arm a safety stiff arm a cornerback. He just was not that guy. He did not have that yak, uh, that uh, tackle breaking ability. That's where the Miami dolphins felt really awkward because he did have some strengths. They used him in the back of the end zone. Last year, cat the Dolphins had five tight ends, Sethan Carter, Hunter Long, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, and Tanner Connor. Stephen Carter is that perfect example of those mid-level depth pieces that, hey, maybe he's a blocking tight end, maybe he's on special teams, a leader in the locker room. The Dolphins aren't going to have those guys this year. So for me, I thought that the Dolphins might settle at three tight ends after having five last year.
0: I've got three as well, and I was tempted from going – from five last year to two this year
1: the mm-hmm. reason
0: being uh you know i think the team envisions uh eric as as somebody who you know wouldn't move to tight end but kind of assumes that trent Sherfield, big slot type of role or mike is big slot type of role and you know you look at the third tight end that i have uh, six round rookie elijah higgins uh, he is somebody who had at Stanford was a wide receiver is converting to tight end in the NFL, but it's kind of that big slot as well. So it's not going to be a sexy position for the dolphins. It's going to be an assignment specific position, but I've got uh Durham Smythe, obviously Eric Saubert making it as the second tight end. Uh, I think he beats out Tyler Croft for that role. And then you've got re- Elijah Higgins and Tanner Connor really vying for that developmental third tight end role you could see both of them you could see neither of them making the team but uh tanner connor has been nicked up as well so it wouldn't surprise me to see the dolphins keep higgins as their third tight end um and have tanner connor maybe go on uh, go on the reserve list
1: The tough decision here is if there's an injury at tight end and you want to have two on the field, do you really trust Elijah Higgins to be that guy as a six-round rookie? He's had kind of a slow start in camp. He has made a couple plays, but he is someone also who's transitioning from receiver. Not trying to say this is a simple position, but tight end, you know, you need to know so many different blocking schemes, the route tree, different things like that. I do wonder if the Tyler cross signing was something that the dolphins did on purpose. You know, he was in San Francisco. I believe he was in New York when they were running a similar offense. I wonder if that experience is enough where you can kind of say, all right, um, Elijah Higgins, we can hide you on the practice squad. The Tanner Connor thing is where it gets really interesting, but I just don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. And, and to me, that's where Tyler Croft might be able to kind of sneak his way in there just based on the experience and just having a certain level of comfort with the offense.
0: Yeah, that, that's quite possible. And you know, my feeling is that if you keep Smythe and you keep Saabert on the team, Tyler Croft is kind of that same type of player, yeah. that that inline tight end. And if, let, let's say in your scenario, Eric Saabert goes down, I would then see the Dolphins not playing a lot of 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. And if they did, um, you know, I wouldn't see him playing a lot of it, but I would also see him playing more, Uh, more 21 personnel with a running back and Alec Ingold a lot more on the field because I mean Ingold at fullback compared to a tight end being on the field not a huge difference
1: if you're going through the numbers of like having 20 guys on your offensive roster whatever it may be I I, yeah I consider fullback a tight end just because they're going to do a lot of the same things just a little bit in different ways moving ahead to wide receiver cat last year we had five on the original 53-man roster, Eric Azucama, Tyree Kill, Trent Shurfield, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson Jr. If I was to put the over-under on guys who are returning this year and will be on that same 53-man roster, if I put it at three and a half, where are you going?
0: So three and a half as far as... uh, as how many wide receivers are on the roster, I, I may have
1: missed that. Sorry, sorry about that. No, I, I worded it weird too. Uh, last year, the Dolphins had five guys on that original 53-man roster. How many of those guys are still on the roster this year come week one? Oh, I'll gotcha. Three and a half.
0: Um. So I would say, I'm going to say four. So I'm going to take the over on that. And mm-hmm. the interesting battle here is, I mean, you got several of them. Ty- you've got three locks. You've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Braxton Berrios. And Berrios may not even be the third receiver, probably will be, but he's on the roster. The Dolphins gave him three and a half million guaranteed. That's you've paid him all his money. It's all guaranteed whether he's on the team or not. So from there, Cedric Wilson, whether he's on the team or not, you're paying him six million dollars. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pay him seven if he's on the team, but I I don't think that's enough to cut him. Um, chosen Anderson is the interesting guy here because he looked really good in minicamp and doesn't seem to have taken that momentum so far to training camp. And he's the easiest guy to cut. He's He only had um, about $152,000 in guaranteed money. So you've got Barrios, who's paid, who obviously is a lot. Cedric Wilson, maybe he gets traded at some point, but I don't see another team giving up a draft pick and $8 million for him. So I think he's on the team again, because you, otherwise you'd cut him and still pay him chosen anderson still has a chance to be that fifth or sixth guy but he doesn't play special teams and you're not going to you're not going to lose anything if you cut him so mm-hmm. right now i see him on the outside looking in so overall five receivers hill waddle barrios wilson and then eric azucama barely stays on um as that developmental fifth guy
1: two names that i think are going to be in the mix and it's 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 so hard to have these conversations because it, it needs to be all in the context of Jalen Waddle and Tyree Killer are half your offense, right? So if you want to say that the Dolphins have seven guys that are talented enough to play at wide receiver and talented enough to make a 53, that could be very true. But I have such a hard time kind of boiling it down. Um, Braxton Berrios was kind of on radar as one of those wild card maybe he gets um leapfrogged by a couple of guys but you you hit the nail on the head where you got to follow the money the money tells you so much about the guys who are going to be on this roster so I think that three-man race of, of Robbie Chosen, River Craycraft, and Braylon Sanders. Sanders is a guy the Dolphins liked a lot who I think they might try to uh keep in line have him maybe hope he can be that fifth or sixth wide receiver but I also think he's someone that can be on the practice squad River Craycraft is a name that I think we need to watch a lot through the preseason because I think uh, McDaniel is comfortable using him at a lot of different places. He's limited in terms of a talent level, but just knowing the offense gives him such, such, such an advantage. I think that um, I think the coaching staffs going to value him a lot more than maybe we might uh, just watching on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, you're right. And Tua likes Craycraft as well. And they've got a good rhythm going and such very different players. When you look after the top four guys: Hill, Waddle, Barrios, and Wilson. Because Ezuikama has all-world talent, he needs to put it all together. He has been making some plays, so I don't want to give off the impression that that he's been a bum in in training camp so far. He has made plays and more plays than chosen Anderson, which to mm-hmm. me gives him a leg up. Um, yeah, and then you've got Braylon Sanders, who you know was surprisingly not drafted last year, and the Dolphins thought enough of him to elevate him in the game at Buffalo where the Dolphins lost by 3 and he got one of the first targets of the game. Granted it was and it was a big play and then he fumbled it but you know it's Rural. I think it was Rural. against Buffalo. Um Yeah, no you're right. It, they targeted I mean he, you you get on the field in a big game in the first quarter and and you make, you know, you you run a deep route and would trust you enough to come down with that. Um yeah, I mean you think pretty highly of the guys. So, yeah, it could be really any of those guys and Azukama is is he and Channing Tyndall will be interesting because, you know, you've got a lot of guys nipping at their heels and on a team where the dolphins are, you know, they, they've got to win here. They've got their two two year window here. If you don't feel like azukama is going to be a week one performer, but river Craycraft is, I mean, and it comes down to that.
1: Yeah. Maybe river Craycraft ends up making the team. I love the point you made about Braylon Sanders there, because when you're on the field with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, there are going to be opportunities. And go back to that same Buffalo game, I can't think of his name, but there was a number two tight end on the Buffalo Bills who was wide alone in the end zone. And I just remember watching the game and seeing the graphic come off at the bottom. First touchdown of the season for this guy. And all I'm Went, thinking Went is... Norris, yeah. All I'm thinking is Braylon Sanders, that that was Miami's counterpunch to that. It just kind of goes to show that no matter who your elite guys are, you need those other guys to step up, and you need guys that you can be comfortable and confident in. And, and the Dolphins were hoping Braylon Sanders could be that, and I, and I think they're going to give him another shot this year. Offensive line is where things start to get really interesting. Last year they kept eight. Running through it once, I had a hard time keeping less than nine.
0: I have nine exactly, and to me, again, follow the money. Um, seven of them are locks armstead Eichenberg, Connor williams robert hunt and austin jackson the starting lineup there those five are locks uh, isaiah Wynn has to be a lock too he just activated off pup can play left tackle left guard right tackle and most importantly they guaranteed him almost two million dollars so once yeah. you get past once you get past a million it's it's unlikely that player gets cut if once you get to two million it's 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 pretty rare um, so you've got him as a six guy, Dan Feeney, one year, three and a half million, almost fully guaranteed. He's going to be the backup center or guard. Um, Robert Jones is an interesting one about or not. He's a spot on this team because, you know, you're talking about somebody who last year for under a million dollars played 520 snaps at, at guard. And I've always argued, I, I felt that when Robert Jones entered the lineup over Liam, Liam Eikenberg, I thought the Dolphins improved at that spot, not monumentally, but I thought Jones has always been a better player here going on two years now, not by much, but by a little. Um, So I have him as the eighth guy. And then it sets up an interesting competition um, for that ninth spot where you've got basically three guys cut from the same cloth. You've got three veterans, um, Kendall Lamb, Jaron Christian, and Cedric Ogboye. And all of these guys – signed got less than a million dollars guaranteed they're veterans they've been around the block i mean lamb is over 30 Bowie's over thirty. you christian's in his late 20s but all have combined have played have been in a lot of training camps mm-hmm. uh all indications are that that kendall lamb is well ahead in that spot for that for that swing tackle um he is right now the backup right tackle even got reps with the first team and he was also backing up uh, Teron Armstead when Isaiah Wynn was out. So when you take all that into account, it sounds like somebody who's going to make the team as that ninth guy. And then Ryan Hayes is kind of in a class of his own. He's a seventh-round pick. If if a team drafts you and you show well in camp, they'll, find, they'll probably find a spot for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe they even keep 10, but I've got Ryan Hayes being cut uh, and possibly getting back on the Dolphins practice squad.
1: I had he earning that final spot. That was just kind of based on, on, on just vibes. I don't really have anything uh, definitive to back that up. There's a clip from the Jets game week 17 that I love. Um, it, it's Dan Feeney versus Christian Wilkins. And I can't wait to post it just with the caption. Um, the only five seconds you need to resign both Connor Williams and Christian Wilkins. Um, so I wonder what the, the idea is with Liam Eichenberg kind of taking snaps there at center because Feeney, I think he's a perfectly fine backup, but he's a perfectly fine backup. I do wonder if they kind of try to find different ways to solidify the depth. Uh, One other name that I think is worth mentioning, he started with the Dolphins in the playoff game last year, Lester Cotton. He he kind of fits that same Robert Jones mold where uh, we kind of spent a decade wondering why the Dolphins, you know, we didn't want a great offensive line. We didn't want a good offensive line. We just wanted an offensive line that didn't flat out suck. And the Dolphins could not really find that. But when you look at guys, Robert Jones, uh, Lester Cotton, it kind of makes you sigh a little bit in relief that, hey, the Dolphins can identify these guys as undrafted free agents who simply don't suck, which is a nice little bonus.
0: Yes, and that's the key that the Dolphins haven't mastered on the offensive line because they've had, and it's not like they haven't had good players on the line, mm-hmm. but they've always, almost always have had one glaring weakness or two glaring weakness. I mean, you look at just, over the last decade you know jonathan martin tyson Claybo, dallas thomas uh, uh so, even okay. now you can make the case for austin jackson and liam Eichenberg. we hope they take a, take a step forward this year but if not they're going to have some competition i mean um when you look at that and then say why didn't you keep guys like jake Brendel, evan brown uh um, mm-hmm. lester cotton would be a good example uh ted Karras, just players who were inexpensive mm-hmm. but as the game went on you'd say okay When's the last time a player like this ruined a drive? Never. Uh, Brandon Shell, I put in that same category. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hoping that he went to the Bills, but I didn't think Brandon Shell was anything special. But you take him off the street, and now he's immediately an upgrade over Austin Jackson. I, I think that's worth bringing back for for you know two or three million.